getting into the media buying side to make sure that you've got the right clients coming in. That's the problem. Your stories are really impressive, but I wonder if you're a bit rigid. Oh, I'm definitely a bottleneck. I realize that there's some issues there where I've got certain mindsets. For the lifetime value that you're talking about, give them a health consultation check-in at the three-month mark. Uh, the biggest thing is to get a larger number of buyers coming in through more efficient marketing. But I mean, you need a, you need a different strategy, whether it's Agora or Newsmax or whoever's got the alternative health newsletters, and there's plenty of them out there. Welcome back to the Optimize Podcast, the only show that solves business challenges in real time. Join Nick Sonnenberg, a world-leading operational efficiency expert and marketing legend, Jay Abraham. Sit in on a new kind of conversation designed to help us answer the most difficult question of all. What am I not seeing? In this episode, we're going to find out how a supplement company can optimize their marketing to boost customer retention. Ian Clark is the founder of Activation Products, a natural supplement company with the mission to help 10 million people take back their health through the healing power of clean superfoods. But he needs help finding ways to better retain specific demographic groups and how to optimize his team's internal efficiency. And before we get into the show, if you'd like to get in the hot seat, just head to theoptimizepodcast.com and apply today. Let's get into the episode with Nick, Jay, and our guest, Ian Clark. We have Ian here, and Ian has a most interesting company, and we're going to get into it, and we're going to have Ian give us about a two-minute overview in the macro, and if you don't mind, then go for about two minutes more into the nuclear and tell us some of the product services and the profile of the target audience, and then everybody probably knows by now my skill set would be marketing strategy, business model value creation, competitive advantage, revenue optimization, distribution channel, expansion enhancement, joint venture, strategic alliance, endorsements, and reclamation within the realm of all those areas. So we should have some fun. But Ian, if you don't mind, just get into a little, just quick overview of the macro of what the company does and then the micro of exactly what you might sell to different people and why either you alone offer it or they buy it from you. So we have a little clarity. Okay. So yeah, the name of the company is Activation Products. It's been around for about 18 years and we have been developing means of manufacturing natural products that people consume very unlike the supplement business, but it is supplemental and people consume this to have a much higher quality of life in their physical bodies and have a much longer life. And what might these products entail, Ian? These are functional foundational micro and nanonutrients. They have uh, like just marine phytoplankton. There's a transdermal magnesium product. There is a heavy metal fungal detox product. There are other energetic products that have no stimulants. So all of our products are stimulant free. Okay. And they're all designed around clearing all the pathways. We have an entire line of seed oils. And you only take tiny amounts of seed oils. You know, seed oils should never be in your diet as far as your food diet. But the therapeutic seed oils that you take small amounts of get all the glue and crap out of your system. It works in all the different 15 human operating systems. Ian, when you say it's not a supplement company, what's the difference between what you're describing and what you would call a supplement? 
Yeah. So a supplement is traditionally your vitamins, minerals, products that are out there that people use to fill gaps in their diet, but they are more mostly synthetic. Like we've done, we've studied everything that's available and all the way up to the very highest price stuff. Most of it's redundant. It's not needed at all. And once you find out whatever the functional foundational things are, then your entire body changes from the ground up. All the crap goes away that causes all these aberrations in your system that causes aging, that causes lower quality of life, that has pain associated or any kind of illness. All that stuff goes away. There's good, great, and greater. And then at the top of the world, there's the greatest things of all. When you tap into these greatest things and you have all the protocols and the elements associated with that, everything underneath just goes away. And that's where I, I saw with my own body because I was going to be out of here at 49 years old. I was deathly ill at 46 and I had 36 months to live. I ended up finding out that I was doing everything wrong. All my thinking, everything I was speaking, all my attitudes, all my intakes, the way I was managing my body was totally screwed up. And I found out that the core essential fact of everything is that we learn how to manage our own bodies. If we don't learn, then we have to count on other people to manage it for us. And so it was this long journey of simplifying it until it got to the top level protocols and products and my body completely changed. So I'm 65 now, healthier than I was when I was 21. And I feel like we're just getting started, that we've tapped into something that is so deeply profound. And in the physical world, seeing is believing. You can't fake it. Like, it is fully measurable. You can see what's happening with the body and observe what is working and what isn't working. The other part of my revelation of this is, is that the, the more advanced you get, the less time, energy, and money you have to spend to have the maximum results possible, which is a paradox. Because everyone else thinks, oh, no, it's the more I spend, the more sophisticated, the more testing, the more doctors, the more this, the more that, is the less. I spent millions of dollars filtering out the stuff that didn't work. And so that's I'm not against the supplement world because those, those supplement companies are there for the stepping stones on the way up. But when you go beyond all that, you need absolutely none of those things. And you want to have whole food nutrients coming into your system in a very small amount. So your body does not have to contend with all this inflammatory crap that happens when you burn up all these nutrients to try to get where you want. So how have you built the business so far, Ian? Well, we stumbled along into it. I didn't even know, honestly, that it was going to be a business. This is the craziest thing, Jay. Like, I knew nothing about the health space. And I found out about this thing called marine phytoplankton back in end of 2006. By middle of 2007, I realized that we, we had something that was profoundly cool. And I started telling people in Canada. I thought, you know, there could be a little business here. It made me feel like my battery was charged up. I was very ill, but it didn't matter. It made me feel good anyway. So then I took it down to California, showed some people down there because nobody in Canada was interested. And immediately people in California were like, okay, what is this? This is new. This is cool. And where can we get it? So then I went back home and these people got a hold of me and I just started sending thousands of bottles. In the first 24 months, we did 2.8 million in sales out of the basement of our house in Toronto. Really? Yeah. No company set up nothing. We had no marketing, no sales, nothing other than money coming into a bank account, me bringing the product over from Europe, bottling in our basement in a little clean room. We have seven children and all of them were like super excited. It's like, hey, dad, what's this new thing? 
mean, they're printing the labels, filling the bottles, and we're just shipping it. And that's, that's how it started. It was like, that's totally bizarre. And then how, how have you evolved it, Ian? Well, at that point in 2009, I realized we were sitting on something very important. So then we thought, well, what do we, how can we get more products? Can we do more things? So I started using- Was there only more- one product initially? Yeah, there was one product. And then we, we, I found out about uh, this transdermal magnesium product that comes out of Europe. And we started buying that. Then I learned how to manufacture it. Then we set up a manufacturing facility in 2010, a very small one. And then we iterated that up into much higher levels. We're now sitting in a 70,000 square foot facility here in Coburg, right where, where I am today. And it is fully GMP certified, USDA certified, organic FDA registered Health Canada site license. I mean, it's been, we went through so many iterations to become fully compliant, fully sophisticated and validated. You went from two point whatever to 10 million. What was the driver of that? Going online and going direct to consumer. Like Facebook, uh, Google, how did you do it? No, it's really, this is kind of cool the way it went. So I didn't, I didn't know anything about direct to consumer marketing. I knew nothing about internet marketing, zero. Okay. And this friend of mine, Larry, he said to me, look, I know a few things. I can set up a sales page. I'll get a copywriter. You got to do a video. And I have a friend with underground health reporter, Maria, and she owes me a solo email to 150,000 people. They can do it in about three weeks from now. You got this time to get this video done. We're going to do the copy. And then she's going to mail to this. She's an affiliate. And we have to pay her 30% commission on whatever sales are generated from this offer. I went, okay, sure. Sounds good. So you're going to do all that and I'll do that. And I was asked to do a video. I was given this script. And in the script, it talked about this phytoplankton and all the stuff I was supposed to say. But it, it didn't feel right. It was like schlocky sales copy that I didn't like. Okay. But I tried. I went to a studio and I was really nervous. I'd never spoken to a camera before. And I was trying to follow the script and remember what I was supposed to say, but it wasn't what I wanted. And it failed. It was just a total friggin' failure. And on the morning of the day before it was going to mail, it was the deadline to get it all done, to get it edited, to get it posted. And then the day and a half later, it was going to go. I had not completed the video. And the studio had given up on me. My son even gave up on me. We're sitting in the living room of my farmhouse at 2.30 in the morning, bad hair day, oil all over my face. It was this totally bad situation. It wasn't going to happen. I had to be in an airplane. I had to be at the airport at 8.30 in Toronto to fly to Los Angeles. And I said, Anthony, what are you going to do? You go get me a bottle of Oceans Alive. Is that the product? Yep, that's the product. It's this little dropper bottle. And I want you to push the button on the camera and get it far away from this camera so I know you can't hear me because I'm just so nervous with everything. I, I don't like this situation, but if you just leave me alone, let me try something. And so he did that. And I was supposed to be no more than 10 minutes in the video. And all I did was just tell the truth. As soon as he left and as soon as I was alone and I had the bottle in my hand, everything about this product that I had been experiencing now for the last four years, because this is in 2011, this happened, was just coming in. I just told the truth. I told exactly what this was, exactly where it came from, what it does in your body, what it did for me, the truth, right? No sales copy. And in the end, I just took the dropper off. I put it in my mouth. I said, the only way you're going to find out about this is to get it inside your body. It will teach you what it is. And I put the cap on and I said, we'll see you soon. And that was it. And that video was the springboard? It was just ridiculous. Like when I landed in LA, my phone blew off a little bit and it's 
you know, Larry, he's like, Ian, what's with the video? And I thought he would be really angry because I wasn't delivering, right? And I said, well, I'm sorry, man, but it's, he goes, no, no, where did you get the video? How did you do that video? That's not what we asked for. I said, I know, Larry, I've been struggling the whole time. And I told him what happened. He goes, dude, this is going to totally crush it. Like, wherever you got that video, it is freaking awesome. Don't worry. Everything's good. So he put it on, he posted it, did 94,000 sales in the first, well, it was about three days it took for the 94,000 to come in. And what's the average unit of sale or what was it? Uh, at that point, it was like average order value would be somewhere around, because it was three bottles. It was 49 bucks. It was a little discount. I think it was like 119 bucks or something like that. Okay. And you sold 90, almost 100,000 in three days. In three days. And then from then it just went into the millions because- that was just one email. And so when that happened, a bunch of affiliates who were familiar with Maria's stuff, they see her mailing out and everybody seeded her list. And so these affiliates started getting hold of me and, and going, hey, could we mail that offer? I'm going, I don't have any idea because I don't know how that worked. We didn't have an affiliate program. Mm-hmm. So then uh, anyway, it just sort of iterated out to an affiliate manager said, hey, I'd like to help you. Could I come to work for you? And she did that. And set it all up for you? Yeah. And then we did like Three million the next year. Then we did a launch on that product, an actual official launch, which we did uh, ten million Canadian that that particular year. And then, how did you get to where you are now? Same way, kind of. But you know, there's so many different things that happen in the direct to consumer world, as you know, between e-commerce and Facebook advertising, Google AdWords, and we've gone, we've we've gone through the like a gamut of everything. We've tried many different things. The affiliate program was the main deal. We were getting 20,000 a day in sales average in the affiliate program in 2014 and 2015. And that's all we had. We had no email list that we were mailing to. And we had a little blog post and a little bit of SEO. And then, then our affiliate program got screwed up because our affiliate manager left and started another company of her own with a supplement product that was just standard supplements. They built it to $30 million and she died of pancreatic cancer 36 months later. Really? How old was she? She was 67. Wow. But anyway, that was a really weird deal. Your story is fascinating. You're a great storyteller. Not that it's, I mean, untrue. It's just fascinating, but we're going to run out of time. So let's try to isolate Ian, how we can help you the most. So let's start with me and then you can, maybe we can delve into it really efficiently. If you have uh, the ability to isolate either the biggest challenge Problem, issue, opportunity in the realms that I indicated I have skill set right now that would help you. What would the one thing be in either or both sides? Challenge, opportunity. Uh, the biggest thing is to get a larger number of buyers coming in through more efficient marketing. That's how we funded the company the whole time. Now, we, we need adequate funding to scale, as you can imagine, you know, very well. So we've always funded by getting more clients and more sales. So it's been self-financed. Self-financed. And then we borrowed a little bit of money from companies like PayPal and Shopify just to get inventory and, you know, a couple million dollars and we pay it right back. And then we borrowed a couple million and pay it right back. So it's been like that. We're, we don't, we've never gone and got bank financing. We've never reached out for equity capital, none of that stuff because our margins are supremely good because we're the, we actually go from raw material right to finished goods with our own brand. Your goal is more, you want more sustainable recurring buyers, right? Yes. And right now, just curiously, do you have metrics on what it costs you to acquire a buyer? 
Well, depending on which way you're going. I mean, obviously the paid media is super expensive. We're looking at about a hundred bucks uh, CPA right now on that end of it. And what's the lifetime value of a customer that you acquire through that channel? It's been four to 500 average for a long time. But recently it wasn't so high because there's so much competition out there and the, everybody's blasted with everything. So to retain people is the key. We have a program being worked on right now. Like I've never worked on my personal brand until now. Okay. So now it's being, you know, to get the connection with the people so I connect with them. Have you been the face of this or has it just been generic ads? No, I've been the face the entire time. So you already have a personal brand of sorts, which has been the driver so far, correct? You just want to bump into a higher higher strata. Yeah, what I'm talking about personal branding more is like because the our email list is about two hundred and twenty five thousand. Okay. Now it's gone way higher than that. But you know, we've we've been we always clean it up all the time. I just did a little sample on Twitter about eight months ago. Okay. Not even eight months ago. And within seven weeks I had twenty twenty eight thousand followers. Have those followers migrated to buyers, do you think? Not yet. We have not monetized that yet. We're in that process right now of monetizing. You got to be careful with Twitter because it's more of a network connection thing. So yeah, we're working on the other platforms right now. So right now, if, if it costs you $100 a sale and the average sale is worth five times that, how quickly do you get back that five times? What's the, the usual duration of an auto ship? Are they all auto ship coming in or they have options? Uh, most of them are, well, they have other options. They don't have to go on auto ship. They get a better deal if they do. Majority choose auto ship? Yes. How many months do they normally stay or how many purchase cycles? Between two and four, because a lot of times they'll buy larger AOV. How long does it take to see benefit or feel benefit from the product? Great question. Uh, pretty much immediate with most of them. So why would someone ever drop off if they're, if it's that, powerful and after you know, a short period of time? Well, that's the billion dollar question. So what happens is people are blasted more and more and more every single month with all kinds of other things. They have X amount of dollars to work with and we are not efficient enough at, at keeping, like retaining the, the, keep retaining them in the bubble with proper information. That's why the whole personal brand had to go because they've got to connect with the, the why behind, why would they carry on? And if they get hit with something new, that trend will take their money. Then they get distracted and people are hammered with everything in the world. I, I look at from 2011 when we started with the affiliate program to how many companies were doing that then, very few. Now there's hundreds of them. So getting the eyeballs and getting the retention and getting the, the realization of what does this really mean? Is this the most important thing that I'm doing? Is there a subset of buyers that tends to be the profile that stays the longest and appreciates it the most. And, and instead of being an average of two to two to four is more like eight to 15. And if so, what might they be? Yeah. Well, we have clients who have started out. They've never left. They constantly buy. We don't even, we've never had to nurture them. They, is there any profile to those clients is what I'm saying? Anything that anything of note that tells you that more of those particular profile, not just, yeah, I want more people to stay longer, but who they are. Well, traditionally, people who have had an astounding recovery from something that was really, really hardcore, who just figured that they ran into a company that creates miracles. Hmm. And so we can't publish that information without doing medical claims. Ian, what can you say? What's the most aggressive, ethical, legal, FTC, FDA compliant thing you can say? 
Well, what I do is I get people to focus on becoming healthier and not focusing on getting rid of disease. This is where it comes back to what I originally started talking about. You becoming your own health sage. You personally learn how to manage your body. You know what makes it tick. What are the core things that are causing the problems? You got to fix those. And, and I'll tell you right now, everybody is chronically dehydrated. This will be a perfect example. The more water they drink, the more dehydrated they become. Because? It's a complete paradox. Hydration is based upon you having the electrolytic fluid in your system. You, they say your body is 80% water. That's the biggest lie that was ever told. You are 80% electrolytic fluid. It's a whole different thing than water. Water takes away from your body. Electrolytic fluid adds to your body. Okay. So if your cells are not properly hydrated with the elements they require to function correctly, if your blood and your lymph and your interstitial fluid does not have the electrolytes in it to flow and bring oxygen and move nutrients and eliminate waste, you are in a state of dehydration because it doesn't matter how much water you drink. Again, you drink more water, water goes in without anything in it. And you have an osmotic transfer that is an irrevocable law. If you have certain amount of salinity here and you have a lesser salinity here, this has no choice but to donate to the lesser. Since you take a glass of salt water and a glass of regular water, pour them together, you're going to have an equal amount diminishing, right? Depending on volume and amount. Interesting. Okay. And so your body is like that. So what now this is all by personal experience. I have never seen anything change my system dramatically and completely as getting hydrated with electrolytic fluid. So then everybody's selling electrolytes. No, those are harmful. If you're taking any electrolytic substance that doesn't have the entire natural elements in it, you're still robbing your body because your body needs them all. And if your body is trying to retain as much as it can out of the food you're eating, and then the cell goes, oh my God, I got to donate something here. Whereas when you take the proper electrolytic fluid that you personally make, you take clean water, you get raw, unrefined sea salt from a very specific place that we bring it from. You dissolve it into the water, one teaspoon and one liter, and you drink three of those a day, you are going to have the biggest shift that you've ever dreamed possible. And it's completely counterintuitive to what is taught in the mainstream medicine. And that's another product that you're offering along with the plankton? Yes. Yeah. Well, the plankton has some of that in there. That was, you know, by default, it was there. It was 100 times strength ocean water with the marine phytoplankton in it, and it stabilizes fresh nutrients. So that's another story. So, so Ian, just to go back though, to the biggest challenge that you have that we could help solve or the biggest opportunity, I want to make sure that we're get back focused on that. The stories are very interesting, but we're running out of time and we want to, we want to, we want to leave you with a few nuggets that will be valuable here. So you said that people, they'll do two to four cycles on average, and then they get distracted with another shiny object. That's correct. Yes. And so what's the average price? What's the, what's the price of one unit? 39 to $49 is the average price. Are you saying the average person buys multi-products at the same time? Yes. So they spend about $100 per purchase? AOV is about $120 something now. Okay, well, the average order value, and then they'll do on average three orders. Yeah, that's right. So like $370, if you acquire someone, you'll, you'll expect $375, grounded up to $400 of revenue for everyone that you acquire? That's and correct. what's your profit margin on, uh, on average when you blend it across all the products? Uh, the profit from the base cost is about 8x. 
So you got plenty of you got plenty of allocatable marketing. So even if it costs you a hundred dollars, I mean four hundred and then you have an eight X gross profit margin, I mean, you're still three to one LTV to CAC. That's right. And so that getting into the media buying side to make sure that you've got the right clients coming in, that's the problem. We always have the right clients coming in when affiliates are marketing to them or if we do email marketing. We most of our money right now, guys, is made off of our email list. It's probably everybody's, but in it's still if you bring in a hundred and that hundred brings you five hundred, even if they're the wrong clients, you still have basically on that second four hundred, three twenty gross profit, don't you? Or more? That's right. Well, yeah, even on your least profitable channel, what's your worst channel? Facebook ads? Yeah, well, this is another thing. Instead of bringing it in-house, we've hired client hired people. And what happens? Problem after problem after problem from Facebook violations to Google AdWord violations to getting accounts canceled to you name it. It's been a big challenge in this in this side of it. So somebody with an email list sending to their email list can get through most of the time, correct? Oh, yes. Have you exhausted the amount of affiliates that you can tap into? No, our affiliate program has struggled along ever since we lost our main affiliate manager who basically stole all of our affiliates at that time for her own new company. But you couldn't bring them back for a higher yield or something? Well, we can. We're working on it right now. Uh, To get a good, solid affiliate manager is difficult because the industry sucks up all the good ones that are not willing to necessarily move easily. We've spent a fortune on getting affiliate program back in place. So for some reason, you guys, we, we, we had different blockages and I can see there's a, a sort of a flow behind it. I know right at this moment, we're ready to scale our business. We can easily produce three to $400 million. I can show you the metrics on it. Right, with your current facility? Yeah, in our current facility with our current structure. Mm. And that's just by simply rinsing and repeating, adding shifts and go, go. Yeah. And who's your, I mean, I don't need to know the name, but how big, how much bigger is your largest, larger next competitor? Well, they're big, they're huge. Are they selling similar, and not necessarily similar quality, but similar proposition? Similar ideas. Yes. Yeah. Why only D to C? What about going into Whole Foods or places like that? Well, that, and that's a very important thing. We've never bothered with that very much because we were so spoiled with the direct to consumer side and making the margins that we were. Yeah. You know, you're giving 80% discount off of retail to go yeah. into the, into the distribution, which is fine you, because it gives you more buying power and it gives you some cash flow and there's, there's still margins in it. It's just a very, challenging thing because it takes a lot of resources to do that. Whereas everything that we could produce, given the cash flow we had to buy raw materials, to get bottles, to get them in the in value add and do all that stuff, didn't allow us the extra money to go pour into something we we're going to give an 80% discount on. So let me ask you this, Ian, what media can you, right this moment, if tomorrow morning you wanted to scale up your, your spend what media can you go on tomorrow morning or can you can you scale on tomorrow morning that you're already actively using besides affiliate? Anything? Well, the only one we've ever been able to do is Facebook. And so what happened, we had a company, I won't mention any names, okay. uh, do media buying for us. And one of their media buyers they hired had a hack and we had an $85,000 spend on our Facebook account in a day and a half before Facebook caught it, said, hey, this looks like fraud. They shut the account down. It was, it was hacked. It was to some stupid clothing drop shipper. It's the first time ever this has happened. You haven't gotten it back yet? Not yet. No, it takes a little while. I don't know what takes them so long. They're supposed to refund the 85,000, but it's still sitting in our account. You can't just spin up a new account? 
No, you can't just go and spin up new accounts. That's the other problem. You No, they, they track everything. And Instagram, you can't do ads on other platforms? No, same account. And Google, how about Google? So our Google AdWords account got compromised in 2019, 2020 by some people who did some violating stuff that we had hired in and they got the account permanently suspended. Let me ask you this question. There are a ton of health newsletters out there. Are they not uh, potential partners for you? They are, Jay. I don't know how to then necessarily approach them. They have CPMs, you know, and they can mail for us. We, we've tried some of them in the past. You got to make sure your offer is lined up. That's the other thing. We do all of our web development in-house. So it's a little bit of a slow boat and getting an offer that's tailored for Newsmax or whoever it would be. But I mean, if you guys know people who are in that, I would be more than. I have. We, I, yeah, I think between the two of us, we know. But qu- question for you, Ian, like, what's to stop you from spinning up an LLC for your personal brand and then setting up a new Facebook account or an ad account under a totally different entity that's just ianclark.com LLC? Right. And then, you know, doing the ads under that. Yeah, that, that's in the process right now because of the personal branding. We hired a company out of Montreal who's a very prolific personal brand supporter and it's quite expensive, but it's worth every penny on the investment. So that is happening. It's a very but it, but it hasn't been it hasn't been monetized yet? No. I mean, geez, you could create a for profit newsletter that was on the on the themes that you're all about, back end it with that. You do you have a book out now? No, I have a book half written, but I stopped and I'm going to go rewrite it. I have a course that I'm designing right now that is a, a very elaborate course. Very well, simple. when you do the book before the course, because it's got more strategic value, you are very articulate and your stories are really impressive. But I wonder if you're a bit rigid and maybe you're not. But I mean, just listening to you talk, I'm wondering if maybe we can, we can, besides hydrating uh, the cells, lubricate your paradigm a little bit. <laughs> For sure. Well, I'm definitely a bottleneck, uh, personally. I realize that there's some some issues there where I've got certain mindsets yeah. that have to be definitely lubricated and opened up. Yeah, and I think, that, I know, think if, I mean, and when I say this, it's not challenging, it's rhetorical. If what you sell has that profound of an effect, mm-hmm. You ought to be able to go to lots of influencers, large or small. You know, Dave Asprey, I was just thinking about Dave. Couldn't you do something with Dave and he gets some some cut? Oh, definitely. Uh, they're, they're 100 grand out of the gate just to talk to them. That might be the rack rate, but it may be that if you can profoundly enhance you know, his own. Is, I mean, Dave's pretty experimental. I mean, but it doesn't have to be Dave. Everyone goes for the Dave Asprey, but there's lots of little people that sometimes a little one that has... 10,000 people might have greater affinity with them. But the point is, if you know that affinity, and you'll call it an affiliate, but I'll just say somebody who has a trusted, credible, directly accessible relationship is the answer, it would seem like as hard as it might seem to get an affiliate, you just get a bunch of people on the phone and just start hammering or get them on email or get them in letters and just start hammering everybody you can find that has a profile of, of whether it's selling something, writing something, blogging something, discussion groups, and offer. I mean, what I used to do when I first got started, Ian, I went and I offered to buy people who were influential two hours of my time. And if they didn't want it, nominate one or two people. And we had an understanding that if it blew their mind and they saw results, they would 
endorse me. And if it didn't, they can castigate me. And fortunately, I won, you know, almost every time. I, I didn't lose <laughs> if they did anything. But I mean, you need, a, you need a different strategy if you can't advertise anywhere. But I do think you could probably go, I mean, whether it's Agora or Newsmax or whoever's got the health, the alternative health newsletters, and there's plenty of them out there, or the blogs or the podcast, it would see, and you don't have to go to the Ben Greenfields and the Dave Asprey's to get started, but you ought to have somebody right now doing that. That that might really alleviate or, or remedy a little bit of the of the front end as far as the back end. You know, it seems like, first of all, you got to have, do you have really good follow-up? When somebody stops using your products, I mean, do you have really interesting emails from you to them or communications that really not just encourage them to come back, but maybe take an assumptive, there's a concept called an assumptive communication, assumptive letter, assumptive ad, and the assumptive letter or email in basically says, I know you have started seeing the erosion of your health since you stopped using whatever, either our products or a product. And I don't want to see that happen. And sometimes when people stop, it's very hard for them to come back either because of effort or embarrassment. And there's no embarrassment because we understand it. We see it a lot. We help so many people get back, if they're off the wagon, back on. And if you, if you do things like that? We do have an email sequence through Clavio. That's not what I said. I'm saying, did you do it the way I said, though? It's not as sophisticated as that, for sure not. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I would try that right away and give them benefit. But then you have to, do you have an enormous number of testimonials that you've got? We do. Yeah, over the years, we've got a very significant yeah, so, number. I mean, it's. And let me ask you this question. There are some protocols that if you take it for a finite period, they actually remedy your body for quite a long time. There are other ones that when you stop, the body resorts back to, you know, to its previous status. Is yours where if I stop after I get really feeling good, I will start really maybe not gliding, but pummeling down to earth? Or does it stay pretty, pretty... I mean, that, that's going to be a denominator of what to do to try to reactivate them. Right. That's the thing. Uh, the products are very effective at remedial fixing the things that are that's bothering them. And then when that goes away, they forget about it. But how long does it take before it, it takes a while? It depends, on, it depends on what it is. But sometimes it could take a few months up to a couple of years to return and be an aggravated thing again. And then, well, they then come that's back. still okay. I would suggest if you have a, a quite a large number of inactive buyers that you try what I said is not just one, but a a sequence of different assumptive letters. And if you know that there are different presenting issues that they would have been attracted originally to, and that theoretically, if they used it for at least, and you can have, you can have different scenarios. If they used it for a short period, it means they probably didn't give it enough time to do its wonderment. And the odds are they've fallen back or they're still struggling with it. And you can take an assumptive letter there saying, you know, I feel really bad for both of us. I didn't prevail enough to try to encourage you to go, you know, a couple of extra months to let the full force of the product or products uh, work. And I suspect you've tried a number of other treatments or supplements or protocols that haven't worked. And if I'm right, you're either the same that you were when you started or you're worse. And I don't want to see that. Our company is dedicated to your 
health and, and outliving your expectations with a vibrancy that you can't even fathom. So I want to do everything in my power to get you back into or get you back or get you where you've never been before. So come back because we're going to be there. And you have a bunch of scenarios like that. And I would be very surprised if those don't have a positive effect. And the other is just if they went three or four months at different intervals, you can say, I hate to say this because we were so gratified when you chose us and we were even more thrilled when you stayed with us and you could fill it in for three months. And probably that got you to a great place. But by now, looking at the time that's expired, I hate to say this, but I'm going to make a prediction that you're starting to either feel the way you did before or you're sensing that that's, you know, happening. And I don't want to see any. I have a feeling if you start doing that, you'll be very surprised. Positive. That's a really, really good point. What about from the moment they buy preventing them from canceling and nurturing them and educating them? You know, uh, by this time, your cells, you know, have uh, anti-aged by five years you know, this is happening in your, you know, and, and drip them out so that they're constantly being educated about the benefits that they should be having at that point in the, in the customer journey. Yeah, that's right. The nurturing sequence has got to be improved dramatically. We've been recording videos nonstop for the last few weeks in that regard, and they're getting ready to publish and put them out. We just got them finalized. So yeah. Most of your nurturing though is nurturing leads to become clients, right? You're not, or are you also really thinking about nurturing past clients to reactivate and current clients to retain? Mostly current clients. And with Jay's input, definitely going to get into the past clients and, and get them back. And, 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 and again, not to be rude, but when most people do sequences of communication, they're just iterative of the very same premise. And I found that if you basically, if you think about hot buttons, no two people respond to the same stimulus and no two people interpret and define things the same way. I've found, and we haven't talked about this, Nick, but most people, if they send five or eight sequence of emails, they're all based on the same base premise. Yeah, I think you could take all the different dimensions of this, but you're very good at storytelling. I'd go and do some research and find a bunch of stories that talk about somebody, somebody's plural, in other worlds of improvement that stopped. In other words, I've told people I I gained about 15 or 20 pounds in the last uh, year and a half that I wish I hadn't, but I stopped doing the exercise regimen I was. I stopped uh, not drinking and I stopped not eating carbs and I've gone back. And there must be a lot of people that say, well, I, you know, I was a Mr. Universe and I stopped and now I'm Mr. Flubby Bubby. And if you get a lot of other metaphoric examples to help people see the analogy because some people don't feel it right away. Well, I mean, for the lifetime value that you're talking about, you could even afford to give them a, not with you, but with a, with a customer success person, like a 15 minute health consultation check-in at the three month mark. You're a great storyteller. You could even like have a community that they, that they get added to where you get on live calls talking about these the electrolytes and the 80% water and all these stories and information that you have, that would be interesting. I think there's so much you could probably do since you have such high profit margins, you can reinvest that in the customer journey and probably retain. If I'm sure that if you get them past the three month mark and they really understand what's going on, 
you should have customers for three years, not three months. But also every, every month of extension gives you $80 more you can spend to acquire them, to bonus them, uh, to give them every quarter, uh, you know, an unexpected new product gratis, all kinds of things that might be, you know, that won't really cost much, but might really, really extend your, your, uh, your revenue and your profitability. What's your open rate on Clavio? I want to, we haven't really dived into systems, but I've got a bunch of questions on how you operate. So Clavio is your, that's what you're using for email marketing. Is that your CRM? No, I don't have the perfect metrics. It's around 30 plus open rate. And we do, I mean, it's a strong list. So yeah, that's where, again, that's where all our revenue comes from, right? And how often do you email? Uh, once or twice a day. And then what's the typical email say? Uh, is some is giving educational information to help them, you know, as far as their whole overall health picture is concerned. And then we do present offers on an ongoing basis. So we'll pepper the email list throughout the week with three or four offers of a particular product during that week. All the rest are information. So Clavio is what you use for email. Are you using SMS at all as well in your sequences? Yeah, we are. We're actually using Clavio for SMS also. We were using Attentive. Uh, we're, we're getting... Yeah, it was actually scaling an attentive. A consulting firm got us to go back to Clavio, which kind of took a bit of a dip, which is ridiculous because, again, that's just math. So are you using Clavio to blast out to to current clients, but also to leads, to everyone? That's It's what you use for all emails? All emails, yeah. So one thing that I that I found out at Leverage, you know, when you're using these email tools like a Clavio or a MailChimp or these, it's for the masses, right? So it's you you send one one mass marketing email, it gets flagged on the email servers of the of the email clients like Outlook and Gmail as marketing and then it'll go to a promotions tab or to optional, right? Now, if you send transactional sales emails, right? As if it was manual, it doesn't get flagged on their servers and it comes straight to their top of their inbox. So there's tools like Mixmax, for example, M-I-X, M-A-X, that's for sales or transactional emails. I say this because when someone purchases, you have an opportunity to send a one-off email, not a mass email at that point. And you could automate it so that from the time that they purchase, that triggers a transactional email. There's other competitors, but we used to use Mixmax. There's probably others that you could Mm -hmm. look at too. But you'll go from a 30 to an 80 to 90% open rate on those emails. And those are probably the most important, right? Because those are your transactional customer emails. So Mm -hmm. I would look into using Klaviyo for the masses, but also optimizing for the transactional email component to your business. I've never even heard of that before. That's super cool. I don't want to get too technical here, but like you can automate it. You get a webhook, Zapier, put it into Mixmax. It takes about 15 minutes and you'll immediately go from 30 to 85% open rate. That's what happened with us. Wow. Yeah. What other tech tools are you using to operate the company in? Too many. <laughs> like an insane number. Okay. We're using Yachtpo. We have Rev. What do you, if you wouldn't mind just explaining kind of what you're using each of them for, that might be interesting. Well, to get people, to, at least there's a referral program with Yachtpo. Okay. Our problem is this. We have too many things going on and we don't bring them all to completion. And we're well aware of this. So we're yep. fixing all these things as we speak. And we've got a significant team of people now to do the fix for the next few months. But this is why the timing of this podcasting and interview with you guys and your tips is so perfect. 
Jay um, introduced me to Dr. Alan uh, Barnard, who's an expert at theory of constraints. And he has a good example of this where delaying the start of a project sometimes can have you finish the project sooner. Because when you have two projects running simultaneously, you slow down the completion, the net completion overall of the two versus if you were to finish one thing and then start another, you would overall finish everything sooner. It's kind of a paradox, but it's interesting. No, no, it's very true. And and we've experienced that. Is the problem though with prioritization and how you guys are doing goal goal planning mm-hmm. and deciding, hey, there's all these things, and do you have a system to sit with your team and say, hey, look, this is everything we got, but we're going to focus on this right now, and everyone's aligned, and they can look in one place and see, okay, this is what we got to do right now, or is it kind of just we got to do everything at the same well, time? We were originally totally loosey goosey all the way through, yeah, you know, winging it by the seat of our pants. We brought in EOS traction. Yep. As is that helpful? Tool, very helpful. That only started about eight months ago. Yep. And we're, you know, it takes a little while and we're getting better at the EOS level 10 meetings where, you yep. know, we are actually getting, you know, more together. But man, it's like, it just, what that did, it just showed how totally unsophisticated we were on the business level, even from financial governments, governance to corporate and governance. Have they helped you with like, I think they call it rocks and EOS and some oh, yes. OKRs. But well, we actually have a, we have a top level consultant that comes in every quarter. He does a seven hour diatribe with us and goes over every last thing. So we're like on our, our we're, we've done three of those so far. So we got one more coming. I'm sure that, yeah, usually it takes about, well, we, we, we help companies with OKRs. Usually you see it takes about five cycles before they really get running mm-hmm. properly with that. So what, what other tools are you using to operate? Like, what are you using to manage these projects? You said there's all these tools and all these balls in the air. Do you use Asana or anything? Yeah, well, you, you can imagine, right? Like, so all these different vendors have different ones. They use Basecamp or Asana or Monday or whatever. Yeah, so what are you it's using? Like, we, we, okay, we put everything into Slack and that's our main communication tool to then reach out to when we have to get into one of these other Basecamps or Asanas or whatever. We use Asana ourselves in house yep. and spreadsheets. So, is the spreadsheet to manage tasks or are you using Asana? Yeah, for- just to kind of keep an aggregate of, of the main stuff happening. And we do that on Drive. And we have, we've had too many cooks in the kitchen. So, that's, we're getting that narrowed down as well. And we're getting, we just now have set up our final org chart. This was done last week. And again, that showed up all the gaps and deficiencies and leadership. So, is, yeah, we were spoiled too much. Yeah, I mean, you pr- it, it sounds funky that you need a spreadsheet too. If you, depending on the version of Asana, you could use projects and portfolios and you shouldn't right. need to have spreadsheets for that. But it sounds like you've got a lot of moving parts here and, and streamlining mm-hmm. and, and simplifying and cutting things down overall probably would, would be helpful in the operations, yeah? Yes, that's the main thing is to simplify it right now. What do you use for a wiki? Where does your team go to look for the org chart you were talking about? Uh, this on Mira. On, oh, um, Miro? No, it's on, it's on the, um, yeah, that's where it was built on, but it's um, on Pinboard or uh, something like that. Oh, Pingboard? Pingboard. Yeah, uh, you're from Canada. That's a Canadian company. <laughs> okay. All yeah, right. Whatever. My son finds all that. So we have seven children and all of them helped us build the business. So that's kind of this. Are they all still in the business? All but two. So my second oldest son lives in South Africa. He doesn't have anything to do with the company anymore. And my youngest daughter went as an accountant for another company because she couldn't take the pressure working directly with family. Are you hard to work for? No, not me. No, I'm way too easygoing. That's part of the problem. Interesting. So, uh, and I don't, I'm not your day-to-day CEO. I'm, I'm the CEO of the company, but I, and I have an overview of everything that's happening, 
but I'm into the content creation side and, and doing all the research and development on the product and, and really the protocols for the human operating system. Very fascinating, Ian. It's very fat. Curious, last question. What did you do before you started this company? <laughs> I had a few little companies, uh, a couple of bankruptcies. I, I worked in the, before I had my own companies, I worked in the oil and gas industry okay. in Western Canada. All right. For, I was worked on the rigs, literally on, in the field and ran downhole equipment for 17 years. Oh, wow. Yep. From 18 years old to 35, I got super poisoned. It didn't know like lead, mercury, cadmium, chemicals. Wow. It was friggin' brutal. Is that common on the oil rigs? Yes, very common. Yeah, especially lead. Lead is everywhere throughout the whole industry and every pipe connection, there's millions of them. And then I started a small company that, that to fund my, my brother-in-law who had a, a small staircase company doing circular stairs. He bailed on me in six months, left me with this shop with all the money tied up in it. Oh, and no. I built, and, and I built that with another guy who came in and trained me. I had to learn from scratch. And we built a very cool, high-end circular staircase company that the stairs would range anywhere from 150000 and up. Wow. And, yeah, it was so much fun. But it was so hard. And you had to become an artisan. So I did that from 1994 till 2002. In that interim period, I started a small home elevator company because it kind of tied in. But these were home elevators for more people that were disabled or needing to they go upstairs? Yeah, well, the, the, I didn't do the upstairs one on the angle. We did the, the, the lift from to get into the house and then got into the elevators inside the house. I had a company in Toronto in 2002 purchase that company wholly, completely, and brought me down to Toronto with my business partner. He was in engineering. I was in marketing. And I became the director of marketing for that company. And they subsequently went broke in the first 24 months of our agreement, which was a 15-year deal. Oh, no. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was nuts. Put me into total bankruptcy in 2004, and I lost everything. I mean, it was like totally crazy. The company that bought that company came in and got them for about 23 cents on the dollar, and they asked me to stay on. And I was like, thank God for that, because I I, I would have been out in the friggin' street. Oh, my God. Just, and, and was that the last thing you did before this? Yes. Yeah, oh, I did that I, yeah, wow. I did that in 2007. And, and, and I was dying. I was freaking dying between 2004 and 2007. My life was in total jeopardy. I had a huge tumor that showed up between my legs. It was attached to my colon and, and it was, wasn't on the prostate. It wasn't prostate cancer, but it was this, anyway, it was super gross. And wow. they wanted to cut it out. And I'm like, I do not want this thing. To, you don't touch me. I go, all the doctors were freaking me out because that's where all the male plumbing is. And my brother's a medical doctor for 30 years uh, up in North Bay, Ontario. And I'm talking to him about it. He's going, look, just do what they tell you. You don't know what you're doing. Anyway, I, I couldn't believe how doctors were guessing at stuff and they were wanting to do all the shit that I didn't want done. And I woke up one morning and I realized that there were people on this earth who truly knew from a natural perspective what I needed to know to get a healthy body. And that changed everything. Well, not, not yet because I didn't know who they were. I didn't know where they were and I didn't know how to find them. And it was just like, how do I, you know, so I asked to be led. I need to be led to these people. I need, if I could, I'll do what I'm told. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. Like money is not an issue because I didn't have any, <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll spend whatever I had to spend. I will, I will suffer at whatever level. I'll have as much fun as required. It was one of these things where I just go, this is it, man. Cause I am not going to make it if I don't do this. It's, it's really interesting story. You're interesting. We're going to run out of time or we already have, but maybe we'll have you back after you try a couple of these things and you tell us 
yeah. how much easier and uh, more successful things are, okay? Yeah, well, I think it's a great privilege to have spent time with both of you. And Jay, I've met you at different masterminds over the years. I never had a beard, so. But you, actually, I was going to come visit you and your wife from Palos Verdes because I had a house up on, uh, just above you guys. Where, you know, I remember. Where, now, where did we meet, though? Uh, it would be either Consumer Health Summit or Genius Network. Oh, you know what? It was in Titans. Oh, really? In Titans? Yeah. Wow. And so you don't have your house there anymore? No, no. That's been long gone. 2019, 2018, actually, was the end of that. 2019 in there. Uh-huh. And then, then of course, the, all the crap hit the fan and whatever. So we just yeah, didn't tell me about it. Well, it's, it's <laughs> nice reconnecting. Hope this helped. We like to end by asking what was kind of the one or two big wins or takeaways or insights that you got today that you're going to try to implement. That way, if you come back in six months, let's say, we can chat about it and see what the impact was. Well, the two things. Uh, the one thing that Jay brought up on following up on people who, have, who are no longer engaged and getting them re-engaged and focusing on that. And then the other one is the thing that you talked about, this little uh, mix max, you know, it's, uh, do, you know, just getting with the program, you know, do the stuff that's sort of like the low hanging fruit that should just be automatically there that we have too many. And then the, uh, the final thing was the simplification, which yeah. we are working on. But yeah, I really appreciate the offer to, like, I, I would definitely, you know, bring you on as a consultant to help us with that stuff, Nick, and, and give us some great advice there. And, so, and eventually we'll be at the level where we'll be able to inter- interface with you, Jay, for a day. That's good. No, it's great. It's good re- reconnecting. Thanks a lot, Ian. Jay's got a lot of ways to to work with you too, where it's not like a million dollars a day or whatever his crazy uh, <laughs> day rate is at this point. <laughs> All right, Ian. All right, All right. bye. Good. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you to everyone at home or on the go for listening. If you find this show helpful please hit the follow or subscribe button. It does wonders for the show so more people can find the optimized podcast organically. If you'd like to be on the show, we have an open invite to anyone who wants their challenges solved. If you want to get in the hot seat, you can submit your business right now at theoptimizedpodcast.com. If we think you're a good fit, we'll get you on the show. If you have any questions or recommendation, drop us a comment right here, wherever you're listening to your podcast. We'd love to hear from you. See you on the next episode.